Warning, the following is entirely satirical and should not be taken as truth or fact. Styles Rebel Radio and the Rebel Podcast do not own any copyrighted material that may be included in this broadcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Because <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned, ACDC fucking loves balls, man. That's, that's right. <laughs> when they're held for pleasure. Spend the show right now. Welcome to the Rebel Podcast. You make the rules and we will break them. All the birds died in 1986 due to Reagan killing them. Do you catfish them or not? It depends. What does that mean? There are little drones flying around trying to probe you. Whippets are making a comeback, right? This is what's wrong with him. Venom in the ass. I've listened to them. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast, my hot. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. I'm Radio's Rebel DJ Sal, joined as always on the board by Jules. Hola. Today we have a very special guest, seeing that ACDC has launched their first album in over six years. I thought it was only fitting we get a member of Cleveland's official ACDC tribute. We've got Dreadlock Dave with us here today. How you, how you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Everything's, you know, as, considering the state of the world, everything's cool. Yeah, man. I feel it. Yeah. We got a lot I want to get into because there's so much to touch on. Uh, namely though, I want to know about you. Well, what got you into music? What made you, uh, go with an ACDC band? I know you do your own stuff as well. 30 uh, years in the business. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your story going on? Yeah. I mean, I've been into music all my life. I, uh, my parents were musical, like in the church choir and that. And, uh, you know, so I, I went through the band program in high school. I played saxophone, uh, and, and then I went on to the brass instruments, uh, Prior to that, I was, you know, took like the piano lessons at five, uh, picked up a ukulele and just, you know, kind of messed with things as a kid and then went through the band program, like I said, in high school and uh, and then uh, went to college, University of Akron and Tri-C and studied music at both locations. And I've been a full time musician for 30 years in Northeast Ohio. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's always something that, you know, I in the back of my mind is something I wanted to pursue as being a musician and... It's it's not easy. It's, it's a lot of people think it's it's something that people can just go up there and do. It's not easy. There's a lot that goes into it. And I know just from my short experience of playing music that there's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of preparation, not for everyone. And you know, you got to really truly love what you're doing. Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's it's not a difficult. I mean, it's not an easy gig, um, especially if you're trying to make a living right. doing it. You know, and Northeast Ohio is is a cool place. The cost of living is low. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, like cover bands, which is what I've done primarily over the years, you know. And so I've hoarded out in every bar across, uh, you know, the the region and uh, and beyond. But, yeah, it's it's been a good life. And, and, uh, you know, I live meagerly, but it's uh you know i make my own rules and right. you know i'm I'm a rebel too man <laughs> you enjoy it at the end of the day that's what matters it, right absolutely i i feel blessed to be able to to do that you know and just uh have my financial situation low enough and easy living to uh to be able to do it and uh it's it's just been awesome i can't believe it's been 30 years already nice man yeah. now you talked a little bit about cover bands obviously uh Today's theme is going to be ACDC releasing their new album. So I, I reached out because the official ACDC tribute of Cleveland, uh, now High Voltage, what led you to them? What made you want to get into ACDC tribute? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I've loved ACDC since I was a kid. Um, a, a friend of mine turned me on to Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap back in the day. And uh, so I, I like completely fell in love with Bon Scott, number one his vocal stylings and and the band it's just so raw and raucous and i mean it's just it's great it's kick-ass rock and roll and uh so anyway uh, um formerly bonfire currently high voltage uh has been around for i think almost 20 years um and i'm i'm the i'm actually one of the newest members but uh my dear friend jeff endeman who is the angus character in the band uh, we pl- we played music for almost thirty years together, on and off. And uh, when the the original band fell apart, or they needed to update new members, I, I got invited to come. And of course, I like jumped on the chance because I'm a I'm a huge ACDC fan. Right. You know. You you talked about it, and I'm glad you said this because it was obviously I had to bring it up. It was one of the questions I had. During <laughs> Bon I know, Scott yeah. versus Brian Johnson. Sure. To me, and I, I've only got to say this now because. Out of the blue, I hadn't told anyone about what was going on today. You know, this is pretty much just between us three here. Yeah. And so I wanted it to be some news that we're talking about ACDC. No one knew about this outside of the three of us. 
I get a text from my buddy last night. Hadn't talked to him in weeks. He says, hey, uh, you're an ACDC guy, right? I'm like, yeah, I like ACDC. He goes, all right, so Bon Scott or Brian Johnson? I'm like, well, it's obviously Bon Scott because personally, I don't know anyone who would say Brian Johnson above Bon Scott. And, you know, my personal preference is always Bon Scott. So I'm like, all right, it's Bon Scott. And he goes, huh, interesting. I'm like, why? Do you like Brian Johnson? He goes, yeah, that's he's clearly superior. So that was the <laughs> first time I had heard anyone say Brian Johnson was superior you're a Bon Scott guy. Th- them's fighting words, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's cool. It's funny because, um, as I mentioned, when I was, you know, I was a, as a fifth grader starting in the band program, um, I, I, we would have band uh, rehearsal or lessons before school. So, you know, I was in fifth grade, but I would get on, get up early and get on the high school bus to take me to the, the high school early where the, where the lessons were. And uh, I'll never forget because it was dark. It was like fall. I'm a, I'm a brand new fifth grader. You know what I mean? Like getting out in the world and getting on the high right. school bus. And uh, this was back in the early, early 80s. And Back in Black had just come out. So my, my first recollection and remembering uh, hearing ACDC was getting on the bus. It's dark out in the morning. I sit in the front seat, you know, with my saxophone case and, and all of a sudden I hear this, you know, the first, the click off for back right. in black, man. And it's coming from some giant boom box at the, in the back of the school <laughs> bus. And I was just like, holy shit, what is this? This is unbelievable. I mean, the, I mean, the energy, when you first hear that song, oh yeah. um, I mean, it just blew me away. So then it's like, obviously the, the name it, it stu- stuck with me and mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I have to find out who this band was. And then it was funny for a long time, you know, there was no internet, there was no way to know what was going on. So I just thought ACDC, okay, it's, it's the same band. But then I couldn't, there was a, a point where I began, began to decipher between Brian and Bond right. and uh, just uh, I fell towards, I, I think because I got, um, the uh, the earlier albums were more available. I mean, there were only they were. I was getting a new ACDC albums right, as they as were they coming were, out. Yeah. You know, coming out of you know for those about to rock. I got from the Columbia Record House. You know, pay, tape your penny to the postcard and send it <laughs> in, and then they charge you like something. You know, uh, triple the you know right. the cost of the record. Anyways, the, one of those scary things. But uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, I it was it was easier to get. Uh, you know, the back catalog because, uh, you know, it at that point it yeah. was readily available. So, yeah, I, I, but I just fell in love with Bond's delivery and, you know, there just something about the, uh, I, I, pr- I prefer like uh, the recording era, like 1965 to 1975. Right. Like something happened in the late 70s with production and, and it became too slick and I really prefer that analog it's got garage that grit to it, yeah. Totally, yeah. So yeah. I definitely so I'm a, I'm a Bon Scott guy, but I, I do actually hats off to Brian Johnson, right. and, and the band for you know releasing 30 more years. Of, oh, absolutely! You know, great rock and roll. So I was actually, and it's it's I'm glad you brought up that uh, you know the first ACDC song you remember hearing was was Back in Black. And you got this fond memory of it, yeah. The first rock song I ever remember hearing in my life, and I could be totally wrong by this, because I remember being four or five years old and sitting in the garage, my dad was working on his car, and I heard uh, Dirty Deeds come on, (laughs) and there was just something about it that four-year-old me had it stuck in my head. I was going over and over and over again, and I didn't quite understand what was being said. Right, So I'm like, I knew Dirty Deeds, I got that lyric down, and then I didn't know what followed it, because you know, when you're, you don't understand how accents work, you don't understand how things like that, vocal, yeah. So I'm singing it to myself and I'm going, dirty deeds, dunder cheek. And my mom <laughs> hears me and she's like, what are you saying? What is it? I'm like, it's the song that was on the radio. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But dirty deeds <laughs> was the, my first introduction to ACDC. And ever since then, uh, you know, I, I had to go out and I backlogged all the albums I could. Uh, I, by my time, I had to get them on CD and I was, you know, I would have loved to to get some A-tracks of them, honestly. <laughs> nice. that's, that's a whole other story. Uh so I, I, I backlogged ACDC. I would go out and get albums anytime we were at any kind of store, at Best Buy, uh, Blockbuster when it was a thing. They had the sure. CD section there. I'm sure. like, sweet. That's where I want to be. Everyone's getting movies. I want to look at the music. Nice, man. Uh, but 
once you get that differentiating, you know, you, you start to learn more about the band, you start to learn more about the origin, you know, the members, what's going on. And there's just something about, like you said, there's just something about Bon Scott's voice. And yeah. it's, it's ACDC is one of those weird bands. And I know I'm not going to get a lot of flack for this, but ACDC is a lot like Metallica in the sense, in the sense okay. that there's people that either love them or hate them. Sure. It's yeah. a name that everybody knows. But it's either one side of the spectrum or the other, it seems. Personally, and I've gone on record, and I'm sure I'll get plenty more emails about this <laughs> like last time. I hate Metallica. Okay. I do not like Metallica. They had two good albums, in my opinion, and that was it. ECDC, however, I'm on the love side of. I think people will argue that it all sounds the same. People will argue that they've made 30 years of the same song. If you take the time and listen to it, it's, it's different. It's, especially when you get that switch between Bon Scott and Brian Johnson there's just something more charismatic about Bon Scott to me. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Well, I think in the, in a recent press release, Brian Johnson said, uh, well, you know, you guys have made uh, 12 albums that sound exactly the same. And he's like, or no, it was, I think it was Angus, but anyway, he said, no, no, we've actually made 13 albums. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, just the whole, they got that punk attitude. I mean, rock and roll rebel, man. You know, and, uh, you know they they've carried that on. I mean Angus, obviously, and and Malcolm, rest in peace, right. is uh, you know were the anchors. Um, but uh, yeah, you know I mean I, just the 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 riffage is is uh, out of control. Man. Oh yeah, you know I mean he's to me he stands right there with T- Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath. I mean, Absolutely, just man. these these riffs that everyone knows, you know, and they're just like. Their signature, it's a signature sound, and it's uh, just super cool. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. So, Not only that, but the the fact that they can, even at this age now, it's showing that they can play at such a high level, and after 30 years of releasing music, they're still able to at least hit their uh, mean of what you expect an ACDC song to sound like. Not only are these riffs so memorable and so ingrained in society today, the fact that if you've never seen ACDC live, it's or a live album, a live video of them, it's insane. The okay. way that they move around the stage, namely Angus, like yeah. the dude thrashes about, throws himself on the floor, and it's just wild. And to be able to still play guitar at that level and be doing all these things, it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, I, you know, everybody knows about Angus, but I think he is still underrated in in right. a, in a certain sense, and I don't know why that is, but. Um, I mean, it's it's excellent, and you know, I've uh, <clears throat> joining the ACDC tribute band. I've had to like really. It was a study, you know, of the bass parts and the and the arrangements and the way they put the songs together. And you know, you when you're trying to you know exactly copy right. someone, you you know, you you really got to study and get in depth with the stuff. So I have a, a higher respect. I mean, I always had a high respect and I always loved the band, but now after studying it, I it's even higher. And that's another thing, too, I don't think a lot of people think about on the bass level is when it comes to tribute bands, when it comes to portraying that role, so to speak, it's not just you going up there and learning the music and playing the music. It's okay, but how did they do it? How would they act in this scenario? You know, absolutely. Why did it sound so different if I were to pick up a guitar and learn uh, Thunderstruck than if ACDC was playing Thunderstruck? Yeah. Because it's not going to sound the same. And, you know, at the at surface level, you might not think of it that way. Uh, when I started my band, we were going to be a Nirvana tribute band, okay. hence the name Lithium. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about this in my exclusive, actually, but um, we're going to be a Nirvana tribute band. We went with Lithium, you know, we started studying. It's, like it's, it's half the battle is studying the history of it at that point. You can learn how to play the song, you can perfect the song, but if you're going to be a successful tribute band and know be believable and replicate that sound to the best of your ability, yeah. you got to know the mannerisms, things like that. And yep. it's just so much wild how much backstory and learning of the members themselves go into it. Sure. Almost more than the music. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In a way, for sure. I also play in an Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath tribute band. So uh, same thing there, you know, and uh, it, it's just a study. You really got to, you know, engulf yourself into it. Like if you were an act, at, you know, acting, you, you would like study like the, I mean, you do like character study, right? You know, and it's it's all about that as well as learning the music, you know. So it's it's really interesting, and uh, you know, the 
I've only done tribute bands for the last several years, mm-hmm. but prior to that, it was like cover bands. But we would, you know, play the material our own way, right? Learn the chords and 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 do your own thing to it, right? You know? Uh, we do have to go to a break here real quick before we go. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to touch on what it's like being in the music industry now during COVID-19, uh, how you've kind of dealt with it, how uh, you're doing your live streams and things like that. Real quick before we go, I do want to know, are there or is there a certain album or certain maybe set of songs from ACDC that might not be the mainstream songs like your, your Back in Black, your TNT, that you immediately associate with the band when you hear the name? Um, I mean, my favorite cut is right on. Nice. So, um, but you know, I mean, there's so many, there's just so many, but you pick any song from the Bon Scott era and I'm down. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, Jules, I know you have an interesting song that you always go to. Which one? Oh, are you not going to say what I th- I'm thinking? <laughs> oh, Big Balls. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that your tune? <laughs> yeah. Big Balls is mine. Good tune. Right. Uh, for me, it's, and I don't know if you'd put it up there with the mainstream. I don't hear it on the radio, which is a, honestly a damn shame if you ask me. But uh, Let There Be Rock, I like oh, that. And yeah. I like Can I Sit Next to You, Girl. Oh, Those yeah, are my man. two right at the yeah. top there. That is like, you're, I think to me that's like peak Bon Scott. Yeah. Well, Let There Be Rock. I mean, that's 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 preaching, man. Right. As, oh, the, yeah. as the video <laughs> displays. Quite literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to break right here. If you want to text on the show, 440-945-5831. That's 440-945-5831. We'll get your text back on the show. You can join the Discord server at stylesrobleradio.com. We'll get those back out as well uh, when we come back. Are you tired of boring old skating games? Another kickflip, really? Then try Tony Hawk's Potator 2. Totally gnarly, bro. Deep fried action. Oh, hell yeah. Shred rails and spuds. Whoa. Drop into that half pipe while you're dropping Table 12's order. That's a long way down. Featuring your favorite skating brands such as Condiment, Baked, Greaser, and masher this is so fun i need to get my friends on this so order your copy of tony hawk's potato 2 now only at stylesrebelradio.com totally worth it ricardo ron low may be cool for your 67 ranchero but it's not for the rest of us i'm evan james from evan james auto body reminding you to check your psi every time you get into your vehicle Did you know that 68% of all auto accidents are caused by low PSI? This ad has been brought to you by Evan James Auto Body. Good at tires, bad at statistics. Hey Google, play the Rebel Podcast on Spotify. Playing the Rebel Podcast on Spotify. Welcome back to the World Podcast. I'm Radio's Rebel DJ Style. Of course, I'm joined by Jules on the board. Hola. And our special guest from Cleveland's official ACDC tribute is Dreadlock Dave. Hey, man. And we were talking a little bit before we went in how COVID-19 has ravaged not only our industry, but the music industry as a whole. And, you know, it's hard to get gigs. It's hard to even go out and see artists uh, because a lot of places won't take the risk to hire. Uh, Now, I know you have been doing something that... I think is starting to really catch on now um, as we get further and further into this. But the differences I see, I've heard a couple uh, pop-ups. I know the Rolling Stones did a big one a while ago, and I think uh, Jack White was doing one a month or two back. You're every week on Facebook Live now doing these virtual concerts. Yes. How did yeah. that come about? You know what? It, what is what goes into that? Yeah, well, I basically, you know, I mean, for for almost thirty years up until this last year, I I would play anywhere between two and three hundred gigs a year. So bands, I mean, I'm working like six nights a week sometimes, but I do band gigs. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a freelance musician, bass player, and then I uh, also do solo gigs. You know, wineries and restaurants and things like that. And um, so anyway. You know, when everything happened, I was actually out in Las Vegas in March when everything went down and talk about like surrealism and just you're driving down the Las Vegas Strip and I see two people, you know, the lights are on. It's like Mm -hmm. you're entering an apocalyptic movie. Um, But anyway, you know, I got back into town and a friend of mine um, who's like very tech savvy and, you know, I consider myself kind of tech savvy. I have my own studio and everything like that. But uh, 
he's he's like started doing his own live show and i'm like you know i should be doing that and i wanted to and i'm like um more so to uh you know really just at that point it wasn't even um you know it was just more to do what i was doing all my life and that's just like put a positive vibe out there right you know and and um so it, it was the only vehicle you know that i thought you know, this is something legit. And, um, you know, I have a, f- a fairly big fan base on Facebook and, and people know me in Northeast Ohio, you know, you know, in the area in Northeast Ohio. Um, but then I have friends and family and fans all across the country and actually all across the world at this point. Um, so it was a, it was a cool vehicle all of a sudden, you know, like the first few shows I got, you know, a few thousand, views on and uh it's it's ranged anywhere from like a thousand to ten thousand views and um you know i'm i'm getting you know people that had never seen me people that i went to high school with you know 30 years ago and um just started connecting with all these people and it it was just uh it's just been uh just super cool i mean uh i do the the virtual tip jar thing and it's kind of like replaced a gig for me Mm -hmm. during the week and people have been generous and supportive and it's uh it's been a great vehicle during this time it like kept me sane for you know between like uh march april and may uh that's basically all i did you know like everybody else we were all locked down and there was no place to go and you know they were you're scared of whatever is out there you know because of the media right and uh you know it was uh just like I, I had to do something so and to connect and it, it you know it was really a connection because I would you know monitor the comments coming in and so I have this personal um, you know connection with these people and I can respond in real time to their comments and um, that was the feature that I really thought was important you know and I, I'm just you know like slinging classic rock cover songs that I like right um, as well as presenting a few original tunes um, but you know, it was the important thing for me was just to connect with people and spread a positive vibe, which is what I've been doing all of my career or tr- attempting to right. do, you know? Yeah. Uh, the cool thing I think is you talk about how, you know, you just kind of did this, you, you weren't expecting as big of a turnout as you were. Uh, but the cool thing I think, and maybe moving forward, you know, looking past this pandemic, whatever they want to call it, looking past this uh, time. Uh, moving on to the future of the music industry, I think this could be something if done well, because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who don't invest time in the setup or the equipment and they'll just grab a phone and play some music and it sounds like shit. But if done well, like you do, I think this could be a normal thing in the music industry where bands maybe once a week or even once a month are doing these virtual concerts for for tips for whatever it may be yeah because not only does it give uh the artist the chance to you know step back you're not on stage you don't have to worry about obviously the production of the video everything like that how you're going to sound there uh but not so much getting equipment anywhere setting up tearing down wearing timing things like that not only does it give the the presenter a break from that but it gives uh more like you said, wide audience, a reach to it, you know, uh, personally, you know, I was doing the research for today and stumbled upon your live streams uh, a couple of days ago when I first reached out to you because I was looking at uh, Bonfire's page. I was looking at the high voltage page and linked to it. I see these live videos and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, check them out. I spent two or three hours that night just watching <laughs> live videos. I'm like, man, this is a First of all, visually appealing setup. I love the studio. Nice, cool. If nice. you haven't seen the live videos, I seriously urge you to check them out. Uh, but beautiful setup in the studio. It sounds professional. Everything's obviously you know up to peak, but it's just such a good experience. It's something that, like you said, will take you away from everything that's going on at the media and outside, and you can just kick back and enjoy for a while. Yeah, well, you know, that's the point for me of music or anything like that. When you're, especially in this kind of media where you're looking at a screen, um, you know, it's it's to t- take you away. And it, I mean, even I mean, the, all of my favorite rock stars have have said that. You know, in over the years, it's like that's why you you, you present a show to p- take people out of their real life mm-hmm. and let them relax and you know enjoy and. Uh, 
that's that's you know all I've really ever wanted to do and all you know tried to do and uh but I appreciate you saying uh the the studio so that's that's cool and groovy studio and uh you know we uh we turn it on so oh, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun man oh, yeah. I appreciate it's that nice. um so kind of a offshoot here because I want to know I'd love to ask this question to anyone I can that makes music uh a couple years ago, Jack White did an interview on, I believe it was Conan or something like that, where he addressed the fact that he doesn't allow people to have cell phones at right. the shows. Uh, he says, you know, if you're coming to my show, you're paying to see the music, you're paying to get away from that outside world. So they, they seal them up in a bag or something, they take them at the door, whatever they do. But while you're at the show, you're not on Snapchat, you're not recording it, you're not, you know, focused on anything else but the experience you're being given. With the change that we've experienced this year where everything's going more virtual do you think that uh once we get back out into doing more live shows more uh just open venues again things like that uh do you think that we'll see a lot more of those musicians who were so anti-phone and everything like that uh being allowed to have people bring them in or do you think it'll be a stricter restraint saying hey man now we're actually here together as a group you can experience this that's that's an interesting question yeah i'm not sure you know i don't know um you know there because but prior to this there was both sides of the coin you know right. of course like some bands don't they don't care what you do they just you know um but yeah i i don't know um it's never bothered me personally like you know you can I, you know i was in a jam band i was in a band called water band for many years and we were you know off of that uh the grateful dead tree you know right. where it was like that's what that you know that whole culture is all about bootleg recording right. and and you know trading tapes and all that stuff but uh yeah so i don't know i don't know i, I don't have any um I don't have any idea what it's going to be like when it goes back to quote unquote normal. Right. You know what I mean? I, and I don't think any of us do. It's, it's such a crazy time. Um, but you know, I mean, there, again, there's nothing, I mean, at least in my life, I've experienced live shows and live concerts and I love live music and live concerts. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing like being in, you know, even if it's a smaller, like a thousand seat venue, when the whole crowd is into it, man. And it's, it's like, you know, you, you feel that energy that's like right next to you. And that, that's the one thing that's obviously missing, but, um, maybe people, because, you know, we've been out of that, people may appreciate it more and be more willing to like, just tune into the, the, right. the experience as opposed to, you know, what's going on in, in their, in their digital world. Right. You know? Just enjoy being there yeah. at that moment. Yeah. I think, I mean, just, you know, with this whole COVID thing and I mean, just like, uh, like I'm a hugger, man. And uh, you know, we, uh, you haven't been able to hug people right. and, and like, you know, this whole fist bump and elbow bump thing. I mean, it's cool, but people miss this like closeness and contact and, group experience yeah. you know so i think i've noticed um i have been able to do a handful of you know shows i mean like i said i went from like 200 a year to like 12 this year right. um so but i have noticed that people are just like craving live music that like when they're out and never before um like out in the real world doing a winery or restaurant gig has the tip jar been so generously filled yeah like since covid it's 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 strange all of a sudden people are like oh yeah man this is i mean thank you so much and i mean people were appreciative before but not it seems like it's just gotten so intense right. now you know? yeah and i think a lot of it there's two sides of it and a lot of it is first off people just want to get out they want to be able to go do things experience live music like you said and on the other hand you know having someone who is because a lot of people are don't want to leave the house, don't want to go out, don't want to make music, don't want to be in public. Having that person that will be up on that stage and be like, yeah, I'm just here to, you know, try and help and spread positivity and something like that where they're appreciative towards that as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's cool on both ends. Yep. I don't know. There, so on your live streams, I want to get in a little bit more on that. Uh, you talked earlier about how you're, you're training all these different instruments, you know, uh, you're a singer as well as a, a guitarist, bass player, all these different things. 
what is your your strong suit so to say like what is your your comfort instrument when you pick up an instrument and go and then what is one that might not seem like uh people would expect you to play that you do yeah well i mean i'm i'm a bass player first that that was like my first love it was you know gene simmons fault of kiss (laughs) uh you know for getting me into you know rock and roll and that that i remember the moment that i first heard uh, rock and roll all night as as a ten year old kid, you know, and it was like, who is this? And then I moved to the next neighborhood, and and I was gifted like the first, you know, six or seven Kiss records, and so that's all I listened to for like three or four years until I, you know, I didn't have really any older brothers or sisters or older influences, so I was kind of on my own with finding music. But um, anyway, um, I digress. What 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 was? Sorry, I lost track of the question. Yeah, no, you're all good. <laughs> so. Yeah, obviously you're a bass player first and oh, foremost. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, your right. comfort. Yeah, uh, yeah. An instrument that you know how to play that yeah. you might not always break out all the time or you might not expect people to think you know how to play. Yeah, well, like, so I, I do, like, um, bass is my first love and then, you know, probably guitar, but I'm a rhythm guy. So mm. I wanted to be a drummer early on. But um, saxophone probably would surpri- surprise a lot of people. I haven't played it a lot since, like, high school. But... Um, you know, I could, I, I could, I could play some horn. I wish I had a saxophone in the studio. And ask <laughs> uh, <laughs> sadly, nice. that's that's one of the things I don't know how to play, and I honestly, it's one of the things I wanted to play too. Uh, okay. Saxophone, I just never had the time to, or never got around to picking it up. Um, yeah, no, it, it's love to ask that question because uh, my my buddy Evan, who's my guitarist for the band, uh, he's now out in Arizona. He's he's in the Air Force, and uh, at base level, he's always he has a guitar page. If you're Watching along on Facebook, uh, Evan Jams Acoustic on Instagram. Make sure to give him a follow. But he does all these live videos out in the mountains and the desert, things like that now with his guitar. So every so often, he'll slip one in there with uh, the harmonica. He's fantastic at the harmonica. Okay. And everyone's just like, wow, what the hell? Where'd that come from? (laughs) Right, right. So I I love asking that question. Jules, you play an instrument, and I don't know how many people actually associate you with being a musician, but I always love to remind people of it. Uh, I play the flute. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I played in high school. I have two flutes at my house. They're just sitting there collecting dust. But um, I was uh, first chair in my high school marching band and concert band. Excellent. Um, That's about it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, So you did the whole, whole, you had the whole band, high school band experience. Oh, yeah. I was was one of the few that got to be in the high school marching band in fifth grade. Oh, nice. nice. I was picked for the high school marching. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, very cool. So marching band. I'm trying to tie this back in now because I, I love my chance to get a good segue. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I, I didn't do in high school, I continued to do band. I, I didn't do marching band. And originally it was because I was going to play football. Didn't end up playing football. But uh, <laughs> left bench. <laughs> yeah, I, play, I played some mean left bench. I, uh, right on. <laughs> no. but, uh, didn't end up pursuing marching band, but one of the things that I would always, because uh, I did photography uh, and things like that for the yearbook, one of the things I always loved about the football games was every so often, you know, you get you get your Seven Nation Armies, you get your stereotypical band songs. Every so often, they'll throw in one other one there. And one year, and I'll never forget it, they threw in uh, a, just a little, it was maybe homecoming game, something like that. Some event where they just threw in like a little two minute band cover of dirty deeds really and nice. i will never forget it because i'm sitting there on the sideline taking pictures now the corner like behind me i'm like this is it has to be there's nothing else this could be yeah 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 so, did you guys ever have any covers like that that you know kind of out there um yeah i mean well <laughs> you know it was funny uh so like i was really like a band geek too i was yeah. first chair as nice. well uh my the junior year in high school i was the vice president the senior year i was the president of the band and we we had a 180 piece band which was uh, yeah. huge um and so anyway there was a long tradition before i started that uh there would be a drum and sousaphone cadence well, the the cadence that they ripped off was uh, "Space Trucking" by Deep Purple. <laughs> so the sousaphones would it would be just drums and sousaphones, and we play this like opening riff to "Space Trucking." You know, so it was it was really cool. But uh, what was even cooler than that was this tradition carried on through my high school years. But by the time I was a senior, the president of the band, I got to lead. Uh, 
the whole band into the stadium single file while playing this thing. So there was 180 musicians single file coming into the stadium, and then we would gather onto the marching field and and get squared up. You know, that's cool. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that that was a good memory, cover tune kind of thing from marching right. band days that's for a me. Good one. So mine wasn't as elegant. I went to school in the boonies. We were <laughs> we were lucky to get over 25 kids in yeah. our marching band. But yeah. I think the one that threw people the most is we played Africa my senior year. Really? And it was done beautifully. Like one of the old uh, members of the band like came to one of our practices and he's like, why the hell weren't we playing this when I was in band? (laughs) And like we did it beautifully. I don't know how we pulled it off because we didn't have that many people and a lot of us weren't skilled, but we were there. I, I will say in choir in high school, one year for some reason, I don't know who was writing the, the program that year, but we did uh, Curie by Mr. Mister and we did Africa as well. Okay. So yeah. we did that. That was a cool show. Yeah. We also nice. somehow pulled off Bohemian Rhapsody. All right. <laughs> and that was done pretty well. We did that for concert band. That's cool. Yeah. Very so. cool. Unfortunately, they, they wouldn't let me. Uh, oh, man. There was an ACDC song I wanted to play. They, they, so they did a, a winter formal or some kind of concert thing every year with the jazz band we had. And uh, I guess the guitarist that had been with them in jazz band for the last three years or something graduated, he was a senior. So like, hey, you know, you play guitar. Do you want to come play in the, the jazz band on the state? And actually, I couldn't because I had to work that night. But I'm like, you know, I would. But, you know, did you have anything in mind? They're like, no. But, you know, if you're open to ideas, you know, this is going to be the guitar solo in it. So I went back and, oh, it's Thunderstruck. Oh, I just nice. wanted to do the intro. I just wanted to roll on it a little bit. <laughs> right on. So I'm like, you know, what if we, I know it's it's, it's like a, a formal night. What if we just threw in a little, like, Thunderstruck? Like, it doesn't have to be long. I can just do the intro. Like, yeah, I don't think that one's going to fit in there. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I can't do it anyway. So so my sophomore year, we did um, Back to Black. Back to Black? Back, no, Back <laughs> yeah. in Black. I'm sorry. My, I know that one. My brain. Back in Black. Um. Uh, and it's like the only ent- entrance of like marching that I actu- actually remember. It was like where the two ends go and a couple steps and then the next row and then mm-hmm. and then we did it backwards. And it, it, it was just really freaking cool. That's cool. Nice. Like Speaking that's nice. the only thing I remember like the most of. <laughs> or like we did Crazy Train and we marched in triangles <laughs> and it was stupid and I couldn't do it. But it, it was my freshman year. So Crazy Train and Back in Black are your two, huh? Yeah. Right on. Well, cool. speaking of Back in Black, uh, we're going to go to another break right here. When we come back for the last time, we're going to talk a little bit about the new ACDC album, Power Up, as well as why it exists, as well as a little bit of Back in Black and how they tie into each other. Uh, if you want to text on the show, 440-945-5831. That's 440-945-5831. We'll get your text back on the show. You can join the Discord server, stylesrobordio.com. You're going to get exclusive content there as well when we return. This is Jimmy Simonis from the Sports Avenue Podcast. Be sure to check out all 50 episodes of Sports Avenue on stylesrebelradio.com under the podcast page. How you doing, bud? Hey, how's it going? I just need a quick tune-up and my uh, tranny fluid changed. No, 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 no. Tranny, tranny what? No. No, it's just I I just got back from a trip. I just got to get my fluids drained, you know, new tranny fluid. Sir, it is it is not, that is not the right way to say it. That is not the right way to say it. Um, I, I just, I, I, mean, I don't really get what you're getting at here. I just need a tune-up and my tranny fluid changed. It, it's, it's not... That's not how you say it. That that is that's not how we talk around here. I don't I don't understand what you're getting at. I'm sorry. This is not how this works. You need to use the correct language. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm physically. It's it's against the rules. I I have to write down the right thing that you want, and I don't understand what you're trying to say here. Like, what what is going on? Uh, okay. What's the correct language I should be using? Gender neutral fluid, sir. That doesn't, it's, no, no I'm, it's well, just my car. I, sir, sir I, I have to write it on the paperwork. It's the boss's orders. It is gender neutral fluid. <sighs> I, I, it's policy, man. I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't do anything. I, I have no idea what tranny fluid is. You know what? F- fine. Just change my 
gender neutral fluid please now we're talking now i can write this down sir that'll be 29.99 whatever just change my gender neutral fluid you know actually it's called gender fluid fluid not to get in your conversation but i hate this town you're listening to the rebel podcast now in mono Welcome back to the Roll Podcast. I'm Radio's Rebel DJ Style, joined as always by Jules on the board, and of course, Hi. our very special guest, Redlock Dave. We're Thanks to- for having me, man. Of course, man. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. We're here talking about ACDC's new album coming out, Power Up. Uh, interesting. Let's talk about that real quick, what we thought about it, because I see a lot of back and forth, and the, the main thing I'm seeing, though, is sounds like an ACDC album. Yeah. That's not wrong. I, I will give him that. Uh, what did you think of the album? I mean, it, it, exactly that. You know, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm a Bon Scott, and I like the the garage, the rougher recordings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, there's been a few songs, and of course, I mean, as I was listening to ACDC with Brian Johnson, you know, as the albums come out, I would get every album right. and listen to it, and. Uh, that's just continued on, but you know, I don't know. Um, it, it's ACDC, man. So, it's, yeah, you know, I mean, a- that's, that's what it is. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, to me, I, I prefer the Bond era again, but, um, you know, it's ACDC, so you, you can't go wrong. Right. You know, uh, Jules, what'd you think of the album? There are only three songs that I will play again. Uh, cause I don't listen to ACDC that often unless it's big balls, <laughs> <laughs> but I think there are three that I will listen to again. I could I could second that. There's about three that I would say have good replayability. And it's funny that you mentioned, I wanted to get on this earlier. I didn't want to jump the gun, though. The quality of recording from like the earlier album, the late 60s, early 70s albums, how they had that just rougher style on it. Totally. Something with the production. And yeah. listening to this album, even going back to, I think I played... Uh, Oh, what the hell? The Hell's Bells or something before it I was listening to just to get in the ACDC mood. Yeah. Because you never just want to jump dry into ACDC. But, uh, yeah, right. So I was set in the mood and I, I turn on this <laughs> album. And I'm like, there's something. It's it's too clean almost for yeah. an ACDC album. And it's got that 2020 clean cut production, which from my career path is great. But as a as a music connoisseur, I'm like, that's just not ACDC, though. Yeah, agreed. It, I mean, and I think for the last, I mean... I can't even remember how many albums. I don't know the catalog, the more recent catalog, as well as I do up until like Fly on the Wall right. or that that era, you know, which is already going back to the the '80s. Um, you know, the Thunderstruck album. Um, but I, yeah, I can't even I can't even name the albums. It's, you know, beyond that, um, only because it just. If I'm going to listen to ACDC, I'm going to go back to something that sounds better to right. me, you know? And it, it is just too slick. I mean, there was there was something about, you know, like the rhythm section playing live together in the studio, like laying down the tracks, or even the whole band. Some of those mm-hmm. recordings, you know, are, I don't know how much overdubbing in the, in the early years of ACDC they did, or even in the middle years. But, you know, since the, you know, the advent of digital recording and Pro Tools, yeah. it's just like, I don't know where it, it became like the, the thing or how it even became the thing to like slick everything over and, and make it perfect. It doesn't sound like that live. Right. And, you know, if the band were playing even in the studio live, it wouldn't sound like that. Right. You know, so all these like slick tricks and to make it perfect – just to me takes the uh, more of the human element away and uh you know i want to hear all the warts and bumps and right. like hear hear it like you would if you were drinking a beer and they were playing on the stage 10 feet away right. you know you'd hear all the little finger things and the little you know stick clicks or whatever you know and it's and it and it would ebb and flow it's not a like a a perfect you know, uh, if they record to a click track it and then cut and paste, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. There's something about that. And I, I've done both. I, you know, I appreciate that style of, uh, engineering and producing and creating music. You know, I mean, I'm not a big hip hop fan, but I 
modern music is that right you know, it's like the slick production and i don't know where it came from but i mean to my ears it sounds so much better to listen to anything that was released between like 65 and 75 yeah you know it's got in in the rock world you know absolutely i, no. I absolutely agree with yeah that. um so I, I listening to this album i threw it on the card the other day I, I wanted to try and get it on one sitting so i'm like i want to experience the whole album I, right on that's I cool i didn't want anything spoiled i threw it on shuffle on the album and listened to it like I said, there's only about three songs I'd probably go back and listen to. Uh, Code Red was a solid song for me. I think that was a good one. Cool. Uh, Kick You When You're Down was a cool one. And Demon Fire, I love just because it sounds like something straight out of Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. So you only have one that's on my list. In the Midst of Time, Shot in the Dark, and Demon Fire. Okay. Okay. So okay. at least there's variation between people who listen to it then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also Demon Fire is just because I could literally just picture it in Guitar Hero. <laughs> While I was doing it, I was like, damn, that would be fun. That's great. <laughs> that's that's crazy, man. I mean, you guys are obviously younger. And oh, did you come up with that? Like, was that a thing? Guitar you both Hero? Had? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I... I Remember when uh, Rock Band was released? Right on. That was that was my dad went out and bought a Xbox and Rock Band when it all first came out. So I remember when that was released when I was younger, and then you know obviously Guitar Hero and all that stuff came out uh, later on with the different versions. And I was never huge into it. Yeah. But I, I had a couple of them. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was just what was happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was huge into it. Uh, that was one of the games we had on like the PlayStation Two, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like. I don't remember which PlayStation it was, but we had like two of them. Um, and uh, I remember my sister would have all her friends over and she had one friend that could play expert and I would always try to beat her, but I could only play easy. Uh, so like we said, though, listening to it, it just kept coming back and back to me. Every time I'd hear every other track, I'm like, it's just ACDC. And again, which isn't an insult. It's especially at 30 years later to be this you know this good this six years from their last album release even to be this level as high caliber playing is yeah. phenomenal it's 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 unreal it's just the fact that everyone's so used to acdc and what they sound like at this point right uh i will say though i'm always going to be reminded of it's an acdc song when they start talking about balls again <laughs> because if there's one thing i've learned acdc fucking loves balls man that's, that's right <laughs> When they're held for pleasure. When they're <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I'm listening to it. Oh, man. What the hell? Money Shot? Is that the new song? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it, it wouldn't be an ACDC album without some kind of dick humor in here, would it? Right, exactly. So I, I went back and I had to do a little bit of thinking. I thought about this before the show and I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me that's thinking, man, ACDC talks about genitals a lot. Oh, yeah. So I got just a, just a handful here of songs <laughs> that are very well-known songs and they're all... You guessed it. Uh, obviously, big balls on the list. Money shot. We got the Jack, which if you don't know and you think it's about poker, I'm going to let you keep believing that. <laughs> no, the military guys know what that's oh, yeah. about. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I got hard as a rock. Let me put my love in you. Yeah. Big gun. Uh, uh, so many of these titles that are just only ACDC. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Only ACDC can get away with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Big Balls is a classic. Yeah, I mean, big, yeah. just, you know, just so much fun, man. And, uh, and you know, like, really, you know, it's like he's got big balls and she's got big <laughs> balls. So it's like, you know, Bon Scott was ahead of his time as far as I'm concerned, you know. With, you know. It's, it's so funny because, like, before I even told my mom, like, anything about big balls, like, I'm, I'm sorry it's kind of out of nowhere this story but whatever <laughs> we were going up to my apartment and i just hear my mom mumbling big balls under her breath in the <laughs> elevator and <I'm, laughs> he looks at her because this, this story could take a real bad turn real quick <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> but he looks at her he goes is that big balls she goes yeah i'm i'm old <laughs> <laughs> that's great it yeah. was funny that's well that's cool when your mom is like you know mumbling big balls <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those songs man right right but uh i will say you know they may all sound similar and there may be a lot of running gags but only acdc can pull off this long doing the same shtick and yeah. making it sound good. No, it's great, man. I mean, I, I hope to be, I mean, they're, you know, in their seventies, man. It's, right. it's just awesome. Right. You know, I mean, who, who, if I, myself, I hope I'm rocking at 70. Right. You know, 
I will say, uh, you know, before they announced the new album, there were there were a couple rumors coming out. You know, ACDs Brian Johnson's gonna be, get back in the studio because uh, obviously, and I don't like to talk about Axl Rose fronting for ACDC because yeah. we, we can just forget that happened. But uh, <laughs> before uh, on their last tour, uh, Brian Johnson couldn't go with them because uh, of his hearing problems. They said, "Hey, right. man, we can't get you back up on stage. You might actually lose all your hearing if you do." So this is the first album. He's back in the studio with the band. And um, before any of this had been announced, before it was when it was just rumors, I found a video and someone told an AI to write an ACDC song. They fed him 48 hours of ACDC. So I got a little clip here. We're going to listen to uh, (laughs) ACDC written entirely by a bot. Excellent. So there's great balls written by an AI, and if even a computer can do it, man, ACDC can keep doing it all this oh, time no. later. How how was that? Do you know how that voice was generated? I do not know how that voice. I'm, okay. I'm I'm gonna give a shout out here to the the person who published it because they do a couple of these AIs. Funk Turkey on YouTube. Okay, uh, nice. go give him a subscribe. But it could be him. It could be uh, someone he's producing in studio. Sure. But whoever did that voice, great job. It was job. cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that was great. Man. Solid. So if if an AI can be doing it all these years, ACDC can be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit how. This is going to tie into Back in Black. Uh, Back in Black, when it came out, the first one under Brian Johnson taking the helm, and it was set as a tribute to Bon Scott. And, you know, the whole album was was dedicated to Bon Scott, the former singer, you know, what, 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 what we talked about this whole time. Uh, this album coming up, uh, or out now, Power Up, is a tribute to Malcolm Young, who, if you don't know, was... All the writing credits are going to him for this uh, writer, producer, really the man who started the band along with Angus. So that was really cool that they're giving this as a, you know, kind of token to Malcolm Young. Yeah, absolutely. That was super cool. Yeah. So I I just think that's a, a cool aspect of it. And if nothing else, because I own all the other ones, I'll probably go out and buy this album. And at least I can, if I only listen to three songs and I know I'm listening for Malcolm Young. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, exactly. I mean, you'll probably be listening with me. So at least we got six there. <laughs> <laughs> or five since right. one of our, our yeah. 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 We can always turn on big balls. Exactly. Right. Or any other thing in their extensive catalog. Right. You know? But, you know, they're just, I mean, they seem to be just good old boys. You know, I love right. watching the interviews and, and, and have, um, and I mean that, you know, sh- hang out at the pub and, and write some rock and roll, man. Yeah, you know, they just and, like having fun. Yeah, exactly. Like having fun and talking about balls. Yeah, right. Like here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. I hey, really appreciate I, it. I appreciate you guys. And, and just to let you know, if, if anybody's interested, you can always check me out at dreadlockdave.com or Google me or I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff too. So Dreadlockdave.com. Make sure you guys check them out. Uh, as always, I've been Radio's Rebel DJ Style, joined by Jules on the board. Bye. Once again, a huge thank you to our special guest. Thank you, guys. Peace, man. Until next time, this has been The Rebel Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Rebel Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to share it around like a cheap hooker on prom night. Follow along with Styles Rebel Radio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And keep up to date at stylesrebelradio.com with all the latest events and happenings, plus exclusive content.